from the heart of the Nipty Radio recording studios, high above the snow-encrusted roof at 107 Columbia, with both eyes fixed on the North Pole, waiting for the appearance of the old fat guy with the white beard. Welcome to Nipty Radio, our final production for the year 2017. It's been a great year, and we appreciate all of your involvement with us so much. And as always, if you have any issues you'd like us to cover, please be sure to contact us at Nipty. Today, we're going to be finishing off the year presenting five factors that involve the evidence that defense is not permitted to introduce a trial despite their efforts to do so. So let's begin. The first point is the defendant's right to present a defense does not permit them to circumvent the rules of evidence. In the case of People v. Cepeda, a First Department case from 1994, the court made this point very clear by writing, the right to present a defense does not give criminal defendants carte blanche to circumvent the rules of evidence. Likewise, in the Court of Appeals decision in People v. Hayes from 2011, the court reiterated this point in the context of a trial court's ruling that precluding hearsay evidence proffered by the defense was proper. The Court of Appeals wrote, while a defendant has a constitutional right to present a defense, the right to present a defense does not give criminal defendants carte blanche to circumvent the rules of evidence. This, of course, was a quote from the previously mentioned People v. Cepeda. The court continued, challenging the adequacy of a police investigation may constitute a permissible non-hearsay purpose where appropriate, but there is no rule requiring the automatic admission of any hearsay statement. Here, the trial court did not abuse its discretion in concluding that the use of the anonymous hearsay in cross-examination would have created an unacceptable risk that the jury would consider the statements for their truth. The second case involves a defendant's statement to police, which should not be admitted at trial when proffered by the defense unless there is an exception to the hearsay rule to permit the introduction. Remember, the fact that the defendant makes a statement to the police is not by itself an exception to the rule against hearsay. The defense cannot introduce defendant's self-serving hearsay statement made to the police unless it qualifies as, let's say, an excited utterance or it qualifies as one of the other exceptions to hearsay. A defendant's statement to the police is not admissible at trial simply because it was made by the defendant. There is no such thing as a defendant's statement, hearsay exception, that applies to the defense. When the people introduce such statements by the defendant, they are usually introduced as admissions or confessions. The defense can also be precluded from mentioning such statements in their opening or during voir dire as long as you make a motion in limine before the trial commences. Our third point is that a proper foundation is required to impeach a witness with a prior inconsistent statement. The inconsistent statement should not be admitted unless the foundation is properly laid. This rule applies equally to the defense as it does to the people. The defense, as well as the people, must lay a proper foundation before they can introduce evidence of a prior inconsistent statement for impeachment purposes. This means the witness must be confronted with the alleged inconsistent statement by the opposing party before the prior inconsistent statement may be introduced. The fact that the inconsistent statement may be found in a business record, does not remove the requirement of confronting the witness with the inconsistent statement before it is introduced. There are a significant number of cases supporting this holding. One of them is the case of People v. Rodriguez, a First Department case from the year 2008, where the court wrote, The court properly precluded defendant from introducing an alleged prior inconsistent statement by the victim about how the burglar may have entered her apartment because by failing to confront the victim with the statement and ask her whether she made it, the defendant failed to lay a proper foundation. To the extent that the defendant is raising a constitutional right to introduce this evidence, 
Such claim is unpreserved and we decline to review it in the interest of justice. As an alternative holding, we also reject it on the merits. A fourth point is that the defense cannot display defendant's physical characteristics without a proper foundation being laid. At trial, the defense may claim that defendant has a physical characteristic or a tattoo that was not described by the victim to the police at the time of the crime. Before the defense can have the defendant display this tattoo or scar or whatever it may be, there must be evidence establishing a foundation on the record that proves the characteristic was on the defendant at the time in question, usually at the time of the crime. A failure to do this by either calling the defendant to testify or some other witness who has knowledge of the defendant's appearance at the time of the crime will preclude its introduction. The fifth point is that it is improper for the defense to cross-examine a people's witness about having been arrested when it's done in the context of general credibility. While prior convictions and prior bad acts of a people's witness are certainly appropriate areas for cross-examination, the mere fact a people's witness has previously been arrested is not a proper area for the defense to cross-examine that people's witness. In the case of People v. Randolph, a First Department decision from 2014, where leave was denied by the Court of Appeals in 2015, the court wrote, The court properly granted the people's application to preclude defendant from cross-examining a witness about an arrest, because the mere fact of an arrest is not permitted area for impeachment. Moreover, defense counsel expressly acquiesced in this ruling, disclaiming any desire to inquire about a mere arrest. While defendant presently asserts that the court also precluded inquiry into the witness's purported guilty plea, the court made no such ruling. On the contrary, both sides agree there was no record of a conviction existing. Please be sure to see the written version of today's memo with its multiple case citations. In addition, please be sure to take a look for, again, multiple memos addressing evidentiary issues, what's admissible and what isn't. On behalf of all your friends here at NIPTI, we want to thank you so much for a great year. And of course, I want to thank all the crack staff here at NIPTI Radio for being so instrumental in bringing you our little messages each week. On behalf of my crack producer and reindeer wrangler, Jonathan Marconi Crispino, thank you so much. And we hope to see all of you in the new year. Until then, be well and stay ready, my friends. <laughs>